Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You're here today, and maybe you're not in the park like Oscar was, but you have similar situations and circumstances. The Holy Spirit is here to transform your life today. This is why we fight for freedom in the atmosphere. This is why we fight for open heavens. The heavens that I'm talking about is the second heaven where the principalities and powers of darkness are trying to block and barricade the fullness of revival breaking in to this atmosphere and to this earth but the devil is a liar and the church is alive and we have blood-bought voices amen that can penetrate through his realm into the third realm come on to tap into the realms of our God to pull into this realm come on so that territories can be transformed lives can be changed I want to speak to you today we'll receive the offering at the end And we're going to have altars at the end. And I'm going to encourage you that if Oscar's testimony and the spirit of the Lord and the glory of the Lord that's in the room is ministering to your heart today. Hear the word of the Lord today as we go forth over the next few moments. We're going to have an altar time. We're going to pray over you. And God is going to set you free. Jesus is going to heal your mind. He's going to break through. He's going to heal your relationships. He's going to give you a joy and a peace that you've never had before. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, Pastor, can we give an altar call right now? No, no, that's not how we're going to do it this week. The Holy Spirit divinely set up the encounter with Oscar to give a foretaste of what he's going to do in the lives of those in this room today. And the word of the Lord needs to go forth to build your faith. And as revivalists, we need to understand the wrecking ball to religion today. The wrecking ball to religion today. If you will give me three minutes, I want to say something and then I'll let you go back to your seat. Religion or religious spirits have many forms, assignments and manifestations. Everybody say the wrecking ball to religion. The goal of this religious spirit. Now, for those of you who were not here last week, I did a message on it last week. And so you just need to go back and watch that. Which, by the way, all hell was fighting against that message last week and against uh, the service. And I'm going to say this now. Um, uh, I didn't. We didn't know the totality of what was going on. We knew what we felt in the atmosphere, but you have a praise and worship team that knows how to literally wreck religion. And you better be glad about it. And it was somewhere around this time that the the uh, the computer crashed to our Facebook to our internet uh, live streaming connections. And many of you know we have. Uh, a good-sized live stream audience, whether currently watching or re-watching, etc. That's one thing. Matt went to work, got it fixed, got it back up in, in a matter of minutes. But not only that, um, and I might not get the terminologies right, but, but our cameras, you know, we have multiple cameras in here. 
uh, for very obvious reasons. And uh, the, the recording went out, totally went out, um, about the same time or along the same time. And that wasn't the end of it. Because like responsible people, we have backup to that recording, yes? So that we do not lose a moment and we do not lose a message. The backup went out as well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You hear me, Fresh Start Revivalists, and all of you watching online, and those of you who came to observe today, you hear what I'm saying, is that the devil absolutely hates the freedom and the liberty that is found in the presence of God. And what has happened through so many, so many decades and even centuries of time is that the the price to be paid and the confrontational uh, uh, authority as we've been singing about today uh, with Elijah and the anointing of Elijah has not been tapped into to the fullness that it needs to that Jesus paid the price for us to be able to tap into to continue to burst through and, and slice through the spirit of religion and any other spirit that tries to suppress revival. But you know what we did? We kept going last week. You know what we did? They pieced together the service from last week off of this and off of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because this is what revival will do. If we're going to have revival until Jesus comes back, if we're going to have transformation and a manifestation of the presence and the power of God, we're going to have to have some people that say, religion, you have no place in my life. You have no place in my family and in my we must tap into the wrecking ball to religion so let me say this it has many forms it has many assignments and manifestations the reason why i share that with you is because when stuff like that starts happening it doesn't scare us we just know we're on the right track come on somebody so just to make religion mad i'm going to preach about it again this week Because we need this. The goal of this spirit of the enemy is to hide, is to coexist even with well-meaning people who love God in order to limit and constrict and restrict the encounter with the fullness of his spirit. It is a hindering agent loose to erect barriers and blocks in the heart and the mind to keep spiritual eyes darkened to revival or the fullness of the spirit and more of him. The religious spirit is not mentioned by name in the Bible. However, its attitude and its atmosphere is seen throughout the Old and the New Testaments. It drew the harshest and the hardest words of rebuke and challenge from Jesus. This spirit will lead you to doubt and debate truth. It will lead you far away from truth, but it's very subtle. It doesn't, it doesn't, of course, allow you to understand what is happening. It is a jealous spirit. It is envious. And in every way and form, it is antagonistic to revival. It carries an arrogant attitude. It's very important to remember that Jesus always boldly challenged and confronted the religious and the religious spirit. And the New Testament church, they never cowered to this spirit. This spirit will always bring a heaviness on your heart or on a corporate atmosphere for the purpose of preventing transformation. When you perceive heaviness, it can very likely be a religious spirit. Heaviness. 
heaviness is sent to counter or pervert holiness. If you're taking notes, get your phone out, get your Bible out. You should let me be seated. Not yet, not yet. Heaviness is sent to counter or pervert holiness. True holiness is not heaviness. Don't confuse the two. There is a stark difference between reverence and heaviness, my friend. Learn to discern. See, religion will put heaviness on you and make you call it reverence. When in reality, all you're doing is accommodating your flesh that doesn't want to sacrifice because it's prideful and it doesn't want to submit to holiness. And the Bible tells us that there is one thing that breaks heaviness. And let me teach you Fresh Start and all those who watch or will watch online. Let me tell you why we give a push back. Let me tell you why we push and why we press and why we address the spirits of darkness and why we cry out. It comes in all different ways and shapes and forms. But let me tell you what the Bible says to break heaviness. And that, my friends, is a garment of praise. And it's not just any praise, it's a high praise. And that is not foreign to this house. So you gotta understand that from the moment that we walk into, let me back up. From the moment that you walk into this building, we have people that are up here that are discerning the atmosphere. From the moment that I walk in that door, I'm discerning the atmosphere. And this is why I say for those here and those watching online, that we waste so much time where revival could be breaking out. We waste so much time breaking through religion that revival has no time. Heaviness is not holiness. Reverence is not the same as heaviness, my friend. We have been given a spirit of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. And I will say that praise is always a telling moment for the religious spirit. It says you don't, it's, 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 it's one of two manifestations. Praise is a telling moment for the spirit of, re, of religion. It's one of two manifestations. You will either shut down or show off. Come on. Man, I am saying some stuff up here this morning. The religious spirit will either shut you down or make you show off. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's always an extreme either way. It says you don't have to do all of that. It'll tell you, you don't have to do all that. And to that I say, you tell King David that you don't have to do all of that. 
The attitudes of heaviness come with a rebellious pushback and an arrogance and a disinterest and all of them result in a lack of response. And this will help you understand why we push so much in this place because the church, the modern church has lost its push in the spirit. They've deferred to a religious spirit and all the while calling it reverence. No, really what is happening is the enemy has brought it up underneath of a stupor of religion that is keeping the church from fullness. Cults, I'm quoting, false religions are easily discerned, someone said, and discarded. Cults and false religions are easily discerned and discarded, but the religious spirit is extremely subtle. I'm quoting. It has attempted to thwart possibly every revival or movement of God to date. And it still retains an undeserved seat of honor throughout a huge part of today's church. End quote. Now you know why I'm talking about it. Because we have been in sustained revival here at Fresh Start for six years. The influence of this spirit is not allowed in this atmosphere. It will cause you to succumb to what possesses false religions around the world. Did you hear me? And what is that, Pastor Kim? It's the refusal to receive Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. False religions around the world. This same spirit will make us succumb to that. Not confessing and, 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 and believing in a false religion, but coming up underneath of that with lack of response and refusal to receive fullness from the Holy Spirit. I believe after six years of sustained revival flow and atmosphere, I believe, as I said last week, it is the primary enemy working in connection with other demonic spirits to revival. And this is why I'm talking about it. It limits, it restricts, making it difficult to cultivate atmosphere of his presence unto, watch me now, transformation. Did you hear me? Transformation. Please look at three people around you and say it's all about transformation. That is the bottom line. As these are making their way back to their seats and the praise team is going down, I want to say this. As a revival voice of myself and for this house and for this revival, it is imperative that we expose every limitation of the demonic that constrains minds and hearts and territories from revival. I'll say it again. As a revival voice, it is imperative that we expose every limitation of the demonic, of the spirit of religion that constrains minds and hearts and territories from revival. Revival brings transformation. Please shout transformation. transformation. Revival brings transformation. Now watch here. Don't miss this. Transformation is the wrecking ball to religion. Yes. Yes. It is time for a confrontation so a nation can once again see a revival of epic proportion that shall
shakes the foundation of this nation and changes the trajectory of the church in this nation and the government in this nation and everything about this nation. And there is, I believe, one primary thing that is keeping it. You can call it this. You can call it that. But I believe it is a spirit of religion that connects with so many other demonic entities that is literally barricading and holding back revival from busting forth into this nation. I came to make religion mad. The wrecking ball to religion. Are you ready? Are you? Everybody shout transformation. Acts chapter 3, verse 6 through 8. Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I have, I give to you. See, that's what Tony did this morning with Oscar. Oscar, that's what happened. This is, you were in the Bible right here. The names have been changed to, no, not protected. This could be you, Oscar. Or was you? I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I give to you. You see how the Holy Ghost set up today? You know why? Are y'all with me? You know why? Just to make religion, man. And I'm going to say what I said last week, because there's already some of you that have come in. And see, so what the religious spirit tries to do is make us judge, make us surmise up, right, right. Make, us, make us critique. Oh, they fit here, 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 and here. I came to make religion mad today. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright, and he began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Acts chapter 4, verse 14, same story. And seeing the man who had been healed, everybody say he was healed, standing with them, watch this, they had nothing to say in reply. Who is they? They is the religious spirit. Come on. Who is they? They are the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin. They are the religious ones. They had nothing to say in reply. Peter and John are on their way to prayer. They're on their way, come on somebody, to prayer, to revival. and, And they heal a lame man in the name of Jesus and religion confronts them. And if you read the whole story, and I'm filling in the, the, uh, the details here, religion puts them in jail. Are you with me? Religion puts them in jail. However, what we see in Acts chapter 4, verse 16, is that religion cannot deny what has just happened. What shall we do to these men, they said in verse 16, for the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. Are you with me today? Tony texts me before I leave the house and he tells me the story about Oscar. He had no idea what I 
was preaching on this morning about a Holy Spirit that hates religion and hates what it does to people and to minds knew what was going to be released and he says here you go fresh start revival I'll just set this up for you this morning so that religion can see that it cannot deny that this is revival just to make religion mad John the Baptist has been put in prison and some believe after being some believe that after being in prison for an extended uh, period of time the context of the scripture that I'm getting ready to read to you they believe that he began to question his personal encounter or encounters with Jesus as Messiah are you with me See, religious spirit and religion makes you question everything. Everything of truth. Much of the Jewish community in this day did not accept Jesus due to their strict religious strongholds. And some believe that possibly the rhetoric of religion that not only questioned Jesus as Messiah but blatantly denied and demonically demeaned and defamed Jesus uh, over time could have possibly affected uh, John's faith. You see, religion wears down faith, even the faith of a voice that had prepared the way for the Messiah. This is a sobering thought. John the Baptist, the voice of one crying out, possibly now doubting his cry. This, my friends, is the power of the infiltration of a religious spirit as I stated last week it's like leaven Jesus said it infiltrates in order to influence the whole in order to make it like its own nature but I want you to look at Jesus's response in this story because Jesus's response and also the fruit of Peter and John shows us further the wrecking ball to religion Luke chapter 7 and when they came before the master they asked him are you the coming Messiah we've been expecting or are we continue to look for for someone else John the prophet has sent us to you to seek your answer love what Jesus did without even answering them Jesus turns to the crowd and he heals many of their incurable diseases. His miracle power freed many from their suffering. He restores the gift of sight to the blind. He drove out demonic spirits from those who were tormented. The very things religion doesn't have an answer for. Only then did Jesus answer their question that they had asked him, John's disciples, and he says in verse 22, now, look at your neighbor and shout now. Look at your other neighbor, especially if they've got a religious spirit, and say now, come on. Go back and tell John what you have just seen and heard here today. That the blind are seeing, the crippled are walking, those who were lepers are cured, those who were deaf are now hearing, and those who were dead are now brought back to life. The poor and the broken are given the hope of salvation. And tell John, I said, the blind. 
in me no matter what happens. Tell John that the blessing comes on those who do not reject me because of what I do. Tell John that the blessing comes on those who do not get offended by me just to make religion mad because Jesus offended religion because it set people free. It set their tormented minds free. It healed their sick bodies. It literally, literally broke off the strongholds and the shackles of the devil and religion would rise up every time and question this and question that but Jesus said watch this and he healed the sick and he made the lame walk and the deaf hear and the eyes opened and those who were spiritually dry he set them free and he turned and he said now go tell them what you've seen and what you've heard just to make religion mad Come on. Everybody shout a wrecking ball to religion. Peter told the Sanhedrin, he said the same thing to the Sanhedrin, the religious spirits from our text to the scripture that I read earlier in Acts 4.20. He says, it's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things that we have seen and that we have heard. Are you with me? This is Peter. He says, you can try to shut us up. You can put us in the prison and they did, but God broke them out. Come on. The angel broke them out. You can try to quieten us down. You can try to tell us to stop, but we cannot help but tell about the things that we have seen and that we have heard. In both cases, religion tried to question revival. Let me tell you what immediately confuses and diffuses a religious spirit, my friends. It is a transformed life. Somebody shout in this room. My God, you need to shout more. Come on, I'm looking at people all over this room. I'm looking at people all over this room that have been changed by the power and the presence of God. Jesus has taken you out of hell and he's put you on your way to heaven. He has delivered you from drugs. He has delivered you from homosexuality. You think I'm making this up? I can pull them up here right now and have them give their testimony just to make religion mad. But God set up a man named Oscar to show your religious mind that revival is real. Why do you and Pastor Jessica get so mad at religion? Because Jesus did. It will confuse it and diffuse it every time. It's already done it this morning. Come on. My God, my God. Revival. Wrecking ball to religion. It has shut down way too many revivals. Wow, wow, wow. It's shut down way too many revivals. This spirit will mock. It will refuse revival. It will cause disunity. But it cannot deny transform lives. Transformation of your physical body. We have had people healed. Come on, in this revival. The power of Jesus has come upon their physical body. 
and set them free from many different ailments and issues. We've had the transformation of soul, people in their mind, their will, their emotions, being set free by the presence and the power of God in their spirits. Come on, dry. We have people coming, coming by the car loads, flying, uh, playing airfare together. We have people coming this coming up weekend for Revival Weekend. It's this, it's this weekend, Fresh Start, April 30th, May 1st, May 2nd. We have people that are coming from California all over the United States. The least that you can do is get yourself in this house to, to understand that this revival is real and you need it and your family need it. And there's somebody named Oscar that is waiting on you to give them Jesus and set them free. This is revival, a wrecking ball to religion. Get yourself, shake yourself. Any religion, any kind, hold on my shame, of hold that it has. It's a transformation of lives. So we have to go and we have to tell religion. The blind see, the crippled walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, and those who are dead are now brought back to life. And the poor and the broken are given the hope of salvation. And tell religion these words for me, that the blessing of heaven is not going to come upon you because you have lost your faith in Jesus but I choose to lift my faith in Jesus that he still heals he still saves he still delivers he still sets free just to make religion mad come on I say to this spirit of religion show me your transformation power you have none show me you have none religion you have none The rhetoric of religion will try to pull you into status quo, my friend. It'll try to pull you into resistance and reluctance and refusal of more of God. It will leave you in your pain and it will keep you in your pride and it will tell you that you're okay, that you're all right. Just settle for what you have. Can I tell you what you're settling for? You're settling for hell, my friend. You're settling for an eternity in hell. Man, that's strong, Pastor Kim. Well, it is truth. It is truth. If you think I'm talking strong to the spirit of religion, you need to open your Bible and see how Jesus talked to the spirit of religion. You see, you don't hear this in many pulpits today because we have TED Talks and we have co- life coaching and we have some kind of a, of a, of a, of a, of a pseudo kind of a carnal, a, a flesh placating word that is going forth over the pulpits today and religion is laughing you all the way to hell, my friend. Just because you have numbers in your church doesn't mean you have transformed lives in your church. I'll get to that in a minute. The wrecking ball of religion is transformation. Oh, we need to be. We need to be happy today. We need to be oh excited because God is transforming lives. What is a wrecking ball? It's used for demolition. Well, right up my alley. Come on. A wrecking ball is used to destroy and to tear down. Not people, but the spirits of darkness. 
2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Come on. What is a fortress? It's a stronghold. Another translation says stronghold. Uh, what is a fortress? It is a constriction and a fortress and a stronghold is a limitation. You see, religion is a fortress. It's a constricting and a limitating spirit. And revival destroys that constriction and restriction because revival welcomes the one thing that is going to bring transformation and that is the fullness of the presence of God that he gives without measure that comes into a life and literally causes them to overhear a prayer across the park and says can that Jesus do that for my life this is what bringing the presence and the power of God can do but religion wants to keep you from that a religious spirit wants to keep you from that so it'll have you cross your arms it'll have you tap your forehead and say I doubt that I doubt that I doubt that and I just say go tell religion the deaf hear the blind see the lame walk and lives are transformed just to make religion mad it's a wrecking ball to religion Transformation is a change. It's a change. It, it's inward and then it's expressed outwardly. It's a change in condition or nature or character. It is a renewal from a life that no longer conforms to the ways of the world and the one that pleases God. A reference Romans 12 2 there. It is a change. Look at your neighbor and shout, change. This is what Jesus is after. This is what revival is all about the definition that we have used for revival and there are many good ones and not necessarily all of them are wrong uh, per se it depends on who you're asking what their definition will be but basically it's got to boil down to Jesus manifesting and changing lives come on that's revival and that my friends is a wrecking ball to religion but our definition from the onset of this revival in 2015 is that revival is the sustained presence and power of God that results in what? Transformation. Shout transformation. I didn't make that up for this sermon. We've been saying that for six or seven years. That revival is the sustained presence. And you want to know what I believe in my heart? That part of the reason that we have the strength and the stamina to continue to press in revival is obviously the Holy Spirit and the grace of the Lord. But I also believe that from the very beginning of this revival, we put our declaration out that revival is not going to be three years Revival's not going to be five years. Revival is going to be sustained until Jesus comes back. And because we put our declaration on that, God says, you have given me a prophetic phrase to work with. Now I don't have to end after this moment or that moment or this or that. Revival is sustained presence and power of God. That results in transformation. Somebody shout transformation. Woo! Can we give him a 30 second praise break? Come on. Come on. Come on. Transformation. Transformation. Come on. 15 seconds. Transformation. 
Look at y'all all set free in his presence. Transformation. And here's a couple of ways that transformation happens. Come on. One of them is what I'm doing right now. It is the preaching of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some of us have heard, I mean, I've been in this thing all my life. And phrases like that, if you're not careful, you can get very religious. Transformation happens by the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross and what Jesus did. First Corinthians, preaching. Please look at your neighbor and say, preaching. Okay, see, see, that's talking. That's not preaching. Preaching is preaching. Come on, like that. <laughs> Teachers tell it. Preachers yell it. Come on. This happens to be a yelling church. So now look at your neighbor and say, preach it. Come on. <laughs> this thing called preaching, God uses... As a vehicle, it's not just those of us who hold the microphone. It's every one of us. Tony did it this morning. God uses this thing called preaching, the release of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to transform lives. Ask me to explain that. I can't. The only thing that I know is that this word is a living word. It is an active word. It is not just words on pages, which, by the way, this Bible has very, very, very tiny words. Hold about Shokebe. I have others that have bigger words, but this one's lighter, so. In weight. It's more than just words on paper. It is literally the words of the heart of God himself. If it is the words of, of, of God's heart, right. and this is what grabbed Oscar this morning, and many others of you in this room, that God did the same to you. If it is God's word, then that means that every time that I preach it, and I tell it, and you preach it, and you tell it, or yell it, that means that literally the ruach of God, the breath of God, ruach, Greek word, ruach of God, the breath of God is coming out of you, is coming out of me. It's not my breath. It's not your breath. It's not my sound. It's not your sound. It is the sound of an eternal heaven father that is speaking through his vessels and as he speaks through his vessels it comes alive in the heart of the hearer and in the heart of the hearer it begins to live you can never underestimate the power of speaking the gospel message the good news about Jesus because the moment that you release that you're not just releasing mere words you are releasing the life of God himself and it brings transformation and transformation is the wrecking ball to religion just to make religion mad just to make religion mad Muslim right you're a Muslim right you was 
but now you're not because Jesus changed your life. Amen. Yes. Praise Him. Praise the Lord. I was Muslim once, and one time I shared my testimony just a little bit. But Jesus Christ transformed my heart, my life. Hallelujah. See, our brother, now we've heard his testimony before, but our brother heard. What did he hear? Somebody preached to him. Somebody told him. What did they tell him? The good news. They told him the gospel. And the gospel, when it is preached, it brings transformation. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It sounds like foolishness, but I'm telling you, the moment that we release it, it releases the power of God. It is a wrecking ball to religion. He once was Muslim, but now he belongs to the kingdom of Jehovah God. Jesus Christ, Yeshua, he belongs to Jesus because somebody gave him the good news. Oh, hallelujah. We must stop it with this pulpit etiquette of the 21st century. As I said a moment ago, of merely TED Talks and life coaching. It coddles religion and religious activity instead of confronting it. That's right. That's right. That's right. I'm going to say that again because right. that was really good. Right. The life coaching and the TED Talks that are from the pulpit that have a scripture or two along with it to make them feel good about themselves. Right. Hear on. me now. But the rest of it is, is, is humanistic philosophy. Straight off of whoever on whatever network. Come on. Talking about the latest fad, talking about the latest trend, talking about the latest movie. My friend, if you have to build your sermon around the latest trend, the latest fad, or the latest movie, you have not been wrecked by the Word of God yet. It coddles religion and religious activity and it never confronts it. And it also, because of that, it never confronts flesh. And while it may give you some good tips and some good advice, there's probably a lot of good tips and good advice that's going on from the pulpits in America today. Not all of them, but some of them have relegated their pulpit time to about 20 minutes or so. Am I speaking truth? Come on. To about 20 minutes or so in the pulpit and definitely no more than 17 or 20 minutes of worship because they got to get people out in about 50 or 55 five minutes. Come on, I came to make religion mad today. All the while people are going to hell in a handbasket. Oh, they know. They know how to grow their garden and they know how to do this with their family and take the greatest vacation and all this kind of stuff. But do they still have their demons? Have their demons been knocked off of them? Has their troubled minds been set free? I came to make religion mad. I want to preach the gospel because it's the gospel that annihilates the demons, sets their minds free, gets them free from addictions, heals their families. Transformation comes by the preaching of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preaching 
that coddles religion. At, at best, it produces what our friend a few years ago, Sean Smith, said from this pulpit. It produces a remedial state in people and not a state of repentance. Remedial is remedy. Relief. With a treatment that can calm you but not change you. It's a band-aid. It's a prescription. Come on, y'all. You know, the prescriptions, all they do is they just make you think like you don't have it. Come on. It tells your body that. To medicate, but not to eradicate the problem. Medicate, medicate, but not eradicate the problem. My God. Remedial is when I get just enough relief that I'm calmed down now, but yet it has not changed me. It has not cured me. It has not spoken to the root of what is in me that needs to get out of me. And much and many are at the remedial level. And this is where revival has to step in just to make religion mad. Because religion will let you TED talk all day. It will let you life all year but when the raw gospel and I mean all the gospel is preached preaching will shred religious atmospheres and this will lead to transformation not just calming you down but confronting my flesh and confronting your flesh and it does so by the preaching of the gospel that manifests in the power of God the only thing that can cast your demon out is the power of God the only thing that can heal your marriage is the power of God. The only thing that can heal your sick body is the power of God. And it comes through preaching. Shout in this room. Transformation. It's the wrecking ball to religion. Come on. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.21. Huh. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached hmm, to save those who believe. Come on. For indeed, Jews asked for a sign. Huh? Greeks asked for wisdom. Yeah. She's speaking to the culture of his day. Maybe a little, same thing our day. It would just take, maybe take a different word. They look for a sign or they look for some kind of wisdom. But he, Paul said, we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Gentiles, it's foolishness. But it brings transformed lives. Transformed lives began with the preaching of the whole gospel message of Christ. For in that message is the power of God that brings us to salvation and sanctification and transformation of a life that was once lived for the devil and his kingdom and even your flesh. But now because of the gospel, and the power of God we are a new creature in Christ Jesus 2 Corinthians 5 the old things have passed away and the new things have come I need you to shout and praise in this room if God has delivered you from the old life and the new life in Christ is now living out through you come on he set us free the gospel brings transformation putting bringing on the new shout if Jesus has done that for you Woo! 
different. I act different. I make different choices now. I have a holy pursuit. I'm set apart for his glory. I'm renewed by the spirit in my, by my mind, in my mind, by the spirit. It comes through the power of God. Some of you all could give your testimonies of how when you came to Jesus, the crowd that you used to run with, they thought you were crazy. Raise your hand if that was you. Come on. I mean, they thought you were crazy. Look around. They thought you were crazy. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know what? There is no going back. Once this gets on the inside of you, that shifts something. It shifts something. Come on. Once it shifts something on the inside of you, you can look at them in love, and I know you all do, and you tell them matter-of-factly in so many words, maybe not what I'm saying. I once was dead when I ran with you, but now I'm alive because I run with Jesus. Now I'm alive because I walk with Jesus. Now I'm alive because I party with Jesus. Now I'm alive because I fellowship with Jesus. This is why I'm not going back. This is why I'm a new person and I love you but I can't go to those places anymore I can't talk that way anymore I can't act that way anymore but what I would love to do is I would love to let you in on what happened to me how when I heard the gospel Jesus set me free from my demons he set me free from pornography he set me free from evil and now I have joy now my marriage is healed now my heart is healed now I finally have peace shout if that's you in this room the wrecking ball to religion we cannot deny that this man has been healed come on fresh start revival they cannot deny that this drug addict has been set free they cannot deny that this one that was homosexuality is now married oh, with children and has been set free. How do I know? They're standing right here in front of me. Religion can't answer transformation. That's it. That's it. That's it. That is it. And there's a harvest. The Lord spoke this in our, in our midnight cry on uh, Friday night and Thursday of Saturday morning. That there is a harvest that is getting ready to come into this house. We're already seeing harvest. But the Lord was preparing us for it. You hear me now. I, I say by the, by the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are going to begin to see the harvest flooding into this place. And it will be a harvest of those who are down and outers. Those who have never heard the message of Jesus Christ. But it will also be those who have been stuck in dead and dry religion on their way to hell and God will bring them through these doors whether they're from Phoenix, Arizona or somewhere across this nation God will bring them in to show them the deficit. I said to show them the deficit. I said to show them the deficit of how far they are from the fullness of revival and get ready fresh start. Get ready fresh start. Get ready fresh start because he's going to use you to go to them and preach. Preach Preach! Preach! Preach!
preach the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because you, my friend, are a wrecking ball to religion. Come on. Hallelujah. Preachers that are watching or you will be watching. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach. Challenge the people. Challenge them. Preach holiness. Preach purity. Preach godliness. Preach righteous pursuit of Jesus in his image. Pastors, preachers watching, evangelists, my God, my God. Preaching shreds religious atmospheres. Preaching cuts through religious atmospheres. The other stuff will wear you out, y'all. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'll sit there, I'll be like, I'm worn out. Would somebody just get up and preach? Come on, y'all. The world doesn't need a religious talk, and the church doesn't need a religious talk. They need Holy Ghost hope. Something that will change them, transform them. They don't need to be a pep talk or puffed up. Hear me now, because both are religion. They don't need a pep talk, and they don't need to be puffed up. They need transformation. 2 Corinthians 4, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Preaching unlocks the heart. This is an incredible principle to wrap our natural minds around. But preaching of the gospel unlocks the heart. We must preach. Get the presence and pull on his power. Number two, the altar encounter produces transformation. Are y'all ready for this one? The altar encounter produces transformation. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane, the altar, and please, the spelling of altar is A-L-T-A-R, not E-R. Just a pet peeve of mine, all right? Because I'm a revivalist. Come on, guys. If you're going to spell altar, get it right. Come on. A-L-T-A-R, right? Two different meanings there. Just had to say that. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane, the altar made a very significant difference in the lives of people and is still doing so today where it is allowed. Certainly, God is not bound to a a certain spot in the sanctuary or a piece of furniture to display his power. Certainly, he's not. But at the same time, we see consistently throughout the word of God that God has called people to alter experiences. He has chosen to meet with mankind in a special way, in an intimate way, at the altar. Everybody say, at the altar. Everybody say, just to make religion mad. You see, we need altars. We need altars. Pentecostal churches need to get altars back in in your services again. Altars make an eternal impact. 
It is the crowning glory of every church service. It is a sacred time and it is a holy time. There are supernatural transactions that happen in the altars. Some of you here in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're going to be faced and religion will be on your shoulder asking you a question. Are you going to stay for the altar? Revival's answer is, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Much of the body of Christ today, if they even do have altars in their service, they think it's the dismissal time. It is not the dismissal time. It is the crowning moment of every service. It is the apex. It is a sacred and it is a holy time because this is where supernatural transactions happen. And religion has an attitude that doesn't want transformation. So what I see in the body of Christ is that religion has called Pentecostal churches. Why do you keep speaking to Pentecostal churches? First of all, because I grew up in Pentecost and at the onset of this revival six years ago, my husband and I came to a very frustrating place of where the Pentecostal church had come to. And if you call yourself charismatic, just throw that in there too. I have a whole nother opinion on that. But you hear what I'm saying? Spirit-filled churches, tongue-talking people, and yet it had come to a place that it was diluted and that it was downplayed. And we were told that we had to have a soft Pentecost and a new Pentecost and a different Pentecost. I only need the Pentecost that I see in the book of Acts, that I heard about at Azusa Street, that I heard about from the revivals. Come on, that's the kind of Pentecost that I want. I don't need you to redefine it for me. I don't need you to redefine it for me. And what I believe religion saw, I know a good way. I know a good way to stop transformation and to stop revival. I'll talk the preachers into and I'll talk some really educated people into convincing them that altars are not good for the 21st century. That altars do not fit in the 21st century Pentecostal church. So I'll get some people together and we'll just get up this whole plan and we'll wake up this plan and we'll say here's the new plan and part of the new plan is you put Holy Ghost out and you take altars away and you only keep them there for a few minutes and talk real soft that you don't offend them and you'll get a good crowd and a lot of money but you're also sending them to hell. Hear me now. Take out the altars. Remember, religion is all about appearance. So for religion, transformation is an option. I don't think you got that. You see, you have to hear last week's message. Religion is all about pseudo. It's all about appearance. So if you're all about pseudo and you're all about appearance, then transformation is optional. As long as I keep the appearance of it, then things are good. And this is the subtle leaven influence of the spirit of religion. I'm telling you, altars is the place of a supernatural exchange. And the carnal results that we have now in the spirit-filled churches are a result of no altars. The altars that have been X'd out. And this has brought a deficit of transformed lives. I'm not talking about people that sign a card. I'm talking about transformed lives.
lives, transformed life, not just relief. I'm talking about revival, transformation. Come on. It's more than just a decision. It has to be a decision, but it must go deep down on the inside and bring total change. And this, my friends, for myself and for a vast number of you has happened at the altar. Shout if you know what I'm talking about. There's a vast difference between inspired lives and transformed lives. Come on. Disney can inspire you, my friend, but it cannot transform you. Maybe into the witch or the devil, but it's the truth. A lot of things can inspire you. A motivational talk can inspire you. It can even make you cry. A movie can make you cry. You'll be inspired, but it can't transform you. The last thing we need in our church is for them to look and sound more like the world. We don't need only inspiration. We must have transformation. And Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back for only an inspired church. He's coming back for a transformed church that are transforming other lives. And because of transformation that happens at the altar, it is a wrecking ball to religion. If we continue to stop at the place of inspiration, then religion will continue to rule in the church in this nation. But if we can see and hear the voice of revival and the face of Jesus that wants to bring transformational power into our lives, our services. It takes place at an altar. I'm telling you, open up the altars, Pastor. Open up the altars. Open up the altars. Open up the altars because your people are wondering. They're wondering, what? Why don't we have altars? I see this one having altars. I see that one having altars. Your people are wondering, why don't you have altars? Open the altars and let the power of God change you and your people this is revival just to make religion mad come on the power of the altar experience brings you to a confrontation with your flesh once again as it does with preaching the flesh must be confronted yes this is what religion fights the most and a response is demanded religion doesn't demand a response religion only wants you to do a ritual but revival transformation brings you to a response and this response is a supernatural brings a supernatural exchange that happens in the altars when we place our natural burden and our sin and our bad choices and our sicknesses and our messed up minds and our lives on the altar Jesus brings a supernatural cleansing and healing and life and peace and deliverance it's a divine exchange explain it to me I can't what I said is all I got come on all I know is that once I was bound but now I'm set free because I encountered the power and the presence of God in the altar no wonder religion wants altars out of our churches because the altar brings transformation and transformation is the wrecking ball to religion. Shout in this place. Yeah. Almost done. Get ready for the altars. There is a wrestle. There is a wrestle that has been taken out of our Pentecostal spirit-filled churches. It's a wrestle. We've become pampered not in this house, but I mean, are we going to be here three, four hours, whatever it takes? But many have become pampered. Pampered Pentecostals, quote, because the wrestle has been taken out. 
because altars have been replaced with activities. Wrestling is contending. 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 It's contending until our flesh is touched. Until our heart is touched. Genesis 32, Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him. Now it's 12.03. Religion will start talking really loud right now in America. Arizona time is 12.03. Religion will start talking really loud because we've been conditioned. Are you with me? We've been conditioned. We don't understand the wrestle anymore. We've lost the wrestle. Some call it tarry, tarrying, whatever words you want, terminology you want to use, old time to tarry uh, in the presence of the Lord. Today I'm calling it a wrestling. Go ahead. I got one clap on that one. Come on. Um, we've lost it. We've lost it. We've lost it. Too much pampering. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. He touched the flesh, Jacob. So Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. This is, this is an intense, intense back and forth between Jacob and the man, the angel, Jesus. I will not let you go, Jacob said, until you bless me. He was contending. He was wrestling. And so he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but you will be Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, tell me your name. But he said, why you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God, watch this now, face to face, yet my life has been preserved. This was an altar of wrestling. Can I tell you this morning that if you're really touched, you'll know the place. Come on. If you're really touched, you'll name the place. And I'm not trying to create a new doctrine or anything like that. I'm just saying you'll know the place. You'll know the name of the place. You'll know the time. If you're really touched, you'll know that you have encountered something other than just inspiration. But you have moved, my friend, into a transformational moment that has touched your flesh. You are challenged. And then you are changed. You are different. You have a different name. You have a different destiny. You have a different trajectory of your future. You are different. You are not the same. You are different. Are you with me? We've lost the wrestle in our Pentecostal churches. People come in one way, bound, and because we've taken altars out and don't understand the wrestling, they leave the same. I came to challenge you this morning that in about two minutes, I'm going to open up these altars and we're going to wrestle with the Spirit of the Lord for a few moments. We're going to contend and in that wrestle our flesh is affected until it has touched our heart and our heart is not hard anymore can I tell you right now oh our heart is not hard Jesus looked at the religious people and he looking around them with anger put Mark chapter 3 he said looking around with anger he was grieved at the hardness of their heart and he said to the man stretch out your hand and he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Jesus healed a man because he wanted to ultimately get to the hard hearts. Are you with me? God put Oscar in this service this morning to heal your heart. Ha! 
Jacob said, this is Peniel. This is the face of God. Last week, I left you at the table of showbread right here. That goes right into the Holy of Holies. Another name for that table outside of the Holy of Holies is face bread. Are you with me? You see, my friends, and even religious friends, there is a face-to-face encounter that you may keep avoiding, but it will never be eliminated from the expectation of our God. He demands an encounter, the kind that radically transforms you. God will not leave you at inspiration. He demands that you wrestle unto transformation. I'm preaching a revival message up here this morning to teach you, come on, the only thing that's going to keep you from the wrestle my friend is religion but I came to wreck religion today I came to confront it in this house in all of those who are watching or will be watching and in the atmosphere of this city and yes even in this nation I say revival is alive in Phoenix Arizona and we answer religion with transformation you can mock you can belittle you can compete you can threaten you can send nasty messages on the chat line but I say just to make religion mad look at the transformed lives in this building jump up on your feet all over this building and shout Jesus Jesus right now I want you to run to the front of this building come on the musicians are coming don't wait for them to come we're going to come into this altar and we're going to ask God I don't care if you've been down here hundreds and hundreds of times lift up your hands right now come on I don't care if you've been down here hundreds and hundreds of times you want to ask God for a, a, a new impartation of transformation if this is your first time down here or the first time in a long time or maybe you've never even been to this place and you feel Jesus tugging on your heart right now begin to throw up your hands and open up your mouth and call call on the God of heaven begin to wrestle begin to contend begin to ask for the blessing let God touch your flesh let God touch your flesh let God touch your hard heart you're ready to sing hurry 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 Come on, church. Come on, contend, contend, contend. Religion is talking to some of you now. Religion is talking to some of you now. Those of you watching online right now, whatever camera I'm talking to, those of you watching online, get an altar where you are. Come on, cry out in this room. Those of you watching at home, you hear me now. I am thankful for live stream and I'm thankful for the internet because it is causing us to be able to get the sound of revival across this nation. But I will also tell you this, that live stream and internet, it caters to religion and religious spirit. Because you, my friend, can stay out of the atmosphere and stay in your comfortable atmosphere where confrontation is not as intense. But if you still have that TV on or that computer or whatever on right now, you need to make yourself an altar and cry out for transformation this morning. Cry out with us this morning. Come on, lift your voices. Lift your voices. Hey, hey. 
God, we chase after you. Come, Jesus. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.